You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Squadron Leader Jack Steele and the Starblade by Chris Burdett. Episode 8, Unequal Odds. Deep in the outer reaches of the solar system, Jack Steele has taken the fight to the Quaxoran enemy, only to discover that the Starblade's weapons are useless against the alien shielding. Now, surrounded by enemy vessels, Jack and his friends face a tough fight to escape. Keep your finger on the trigger, Charlie. Getting out of this is going to be a lot harder than getting in. Don't worry, Jack. There's so many of them I can't miss. There are more appearing every second. You don't think we can shoot them out of the sky fast enough? I hate to say it, but we're going to have to cut and run. I'm taking us between those two battleships. The fighters will have trouble following us in there. Brace yourselves! We're hit! Critical damage to starboard rocket motor. Hull integrity compromised in sector 6. At least we're through. It looks like they're having trouble targeting us through the smoke. Can't outrun them like this, though. I'm feathering the starboard engine as it is. We are close to Saturn. Perhaps we can lose them amongst the rings. It's got to be worth a try. Meanwhile, get your toolkit and have a look at Sector 6, Charlie. Maybe the old girl isn't as damaged as she thinks she is. The last disabled fighter has been retrieved your arch lordship. Hangar deck report 12 destroyed or damaged beyond repair. Did the squadron commander survive? Yes, sir. Good. Have him executed for incompetence. They also report the Mordred shuttle has docked. He is waiting outside. Bring him in. My lord, it is good to see you in person again after all these years. My message reached you, I assume. Indeed. Your warning gave us time to scramble fighters and raise our magnetic shields before the Earthlings attacked. It was no trouble. It was the only reason that I did not order your ship vaporized on approach. You have much work to do before I forgive your failure on Earth, Mordred. The plan was close to success, Lord. Perhaps if we deal with Steel and this Starblade, I can return to Earth and continue- You think that I wish to wait, twiddling my feeder tentacles up here in orbit whilst you bungle about on the planet's surface again? It is too late for that now. Mega weapons are being primed on all capital ships. When we arrive, the Earth will be swept clean of life. And what of Steel? Ah, yes, Steel. He has challenged the honor of the Caxorian fleet, but I will not let him delay us further. If you wish to redeem yourself, you may take a detachment of troops and hunt him down. But you must bring me proof of his demise. We shall not fail you, Archduke Quaxor. Who is this woman? I'm Helga von Schmidt, your Archlordship. I have had the great honor of assisting Mordred in his efforts upon Earth. And you admit this? Do you seek to share the blame for his failure? 
Nine, millions of credit for his future successes. Ha! A commendable attitude. Very well. The two of you have your mission. Actually, there are three of us, Archduke. Three? Ah, yes. About that. How's it look, Charlie? Not good, I'm afraid, Jack. We've got a rent in the whole plating and some of the superstructure is knackered. Are we losing air? No, I've sealed off the vacuum-proof doors, but just flying air is causing more damage. I think we've shaken off the pursuit, so I can slow us down a bit now. But do you think we can make it back to Earth? Not in one piece, I'm afraid. Alright, better get yourself back up to the bridge, Charlie. We are about 5,000 kilometers from the outer rings of Saturn. Um, in miles, please, Yves? I, well, call it three minutes at current speed. We'll have a look for somewhere to set her down. Perhaps you'll have better luck patching her up from the outside, eh, Belkins? Well, perhaps. Jacques, I'm picking up a radio transmission. More Quaxorians? No, or at least I do not think so. Listen. Habitants of planet Earth, you are in grave danger. An alien war fleet is approaching your planet intent on conquest. By our calculations, they will arrive in the solar year 1936. This is the free kingdom of Titan to the inhabitants of planet Earth. You are in grave danger. By Jove, who on Earth is that? No one on Earth at all, Jacques. The transmission was coming from the moon, Titan. And they sound friendly, too. As well as speaking perfect English, which is handy, if a little odd. Right, not a course, Yves. It's Titan or bust. Look, he's moving. He's alive. Technically not, but he is animate, at least. How do you feel, Gregory? I feel different somehow. You certainly look different. I do? Yeah. Eight feet tall and made of metal. The gun barrels poking out of your chest are new as well. We could not leave your brainwaves imprinted on the shuttle navigation circuits. Over a fairly short time, it would downgrade to the point of being completely useless. Not that I suspect many people would have noticed. What about my human body? I was quite attached to that, you know. Sadly, even Caxorian technology can't reconstitulate a cadaver that has been reduced to its component atoms. Reduced to atoms? What happened to me? I mean, it. Well, do I mean me? You were killed on Earth by an Englishman named Jack Steele. Ah, uh, it is always someone. Do you know that when they sent people to kill me back in Russia, they first poisoned me, and then they- Yes! But when you next meet Jack Steele, you will have the advantage. We have reinstated your consciousness in the most advanced Caxorian battle robot available. Now you can serve the Empire in ways you never before dreamed possible. Jack Steele. Do you have a picture? I would like to gaze upon the face of my nemesis. Oh, you will probably recognize him. His boyish good looks conceal a ruthless mind and indomitable spirit. If he wasn't so nice into the bargain, he'd be really quite dishy. 
When I find him, I will use these cannons to annihilate him. At least I would, if I knew how to fire them. The triggers seem to be somewhere in my lungs. Not that I have lungs anymore. You'll have plenty of time to figure it out. I have been assigned a starship and a company of Caxorian shock troopers. Steel has gone to ground somewhere amongst the wounds of Saturn. It's our job to... Ah. That is how they work. We're pulling back from the secondary food refinery. There's just too many quacks in the southern tunnels. I hope you're bringing me some good news, Kyle. I'm not sure, Commander. I've just come from the etheric early warning array. There's a ship approaching fast. It looks like it's going to land near the main transmitter sensor. Damn it, that'll put them right behind our lines. They've been pushing a frontal assault for weeks now. Why the sudden change in tactics? That's just it, Ariana. It doesn't seem to be a quack ship. Who else could it be? The Uranian Freeport have told us a hundred times that they're remaining strictly neutral in all this. It's etheric signature doesn't match anything we have on record, but it will be in visual range within a minute or two. All right, let's get up to the observation tower. There it is, coming in low over the barren mountains. I see it. She's beautiful. But she looks damaged. They'll never be able to make a controlled landing at that speed. No, the pilot must be a genius to keep her flying at all. Look, the starboard rockets are completely shut down. He's vectoring the thrust from port to compensate. He must be insane. Look, it's working though. I don't know how he's doing it, but it's working. That's no Quaxorian pilot, that's for sure. Here they come, but they're still too fast. Quickly, Kyle. Grab some rescue equipment and follow me to the transmitter centre. Let's hope that there are some survivors to pull from the wreckage. In Unequal Odds, Neil Franken was Jack Steele. Yvette Delac was played by Lucy Harvey. James Harvey was Charlie Bilkins. Nigel Potter was Mordred. Rasputin was played by Tom Butterworth. Helga and the voice of the Starblade were played by Lauren Orton. Ariana was played by Nadi Aman, and John Creek was Kyle. The narrator was Guy Ranawira. Sound engineering was by Frank Redding, with original music composed and performed by Bill McSweeney. Squadron lead Jack Steele and the Starblade is an It's a Trap production. Apparently, you enjoy listening to audio dramas, since you're hearing this message. I'll keep it short so you can get back to the fun stuff. If you would like to see and experience how all these stories, voices, sound effects, and music come together to create theater of the mind, make plans to visit the Modern Audio Drama Convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia, July 24th through 26th, 2020. Meet the creators. Find out how to write, record, mix, sweeten, and produce movies that play in your head. See what the voices you hear actually look like. We never look like we sound. For all the details, visit madcon.com. That's M-A-D, as in modern audio drama, then dash, as in dash on over, then con, as in convention, duh, then dot, as in it'll be the most fun you've had in a while, period, then com, as in come on over, we'll love to see you. Madcon. Madcon.
Your ears and brain will thank you. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. <laughs>